0: You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your
1: team every day. In a minute, because we live. We, live. we live.
2: Welcome in to Locked On Hornets on this Thursday. We're actually taping this show on a Wednesday night right after this game against the Golden State Warriors, the Hornets drop it 101-87. to They fall to 9-14 and on the year. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my co-host with the Mo host from the mean streets of Cotswold, one David Walker. David, how are you?
0: I'm good. The streets were extra mean tonight, Doug, so let's talk about it.
2: Well, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson were definitely extra mean. They combined for 57 points in this one. Offensive struggles in the first half. The story for the Charlotte Hornets, Uh, their percentages, not good. 31.5% from the field. 27.3% from beyond the arc, and a lot of that happening right at the end of the second quarter as the Hornets make a run to get back into this. They pulled it. I didn't think they had a chance of pulling this uh, any further than 10 points, but the deficit uh, did get down to seven at one point. They had a chance to make it five. They did not, and uh, the Warriors, who were without Steph Curry, without Draymond Green, without Zaza Pachulia, who started but quickly left the game, uh, the Hornets had opportunities uh, to win this game or, or at least get back into this game in the second half and, and failed to do so. But, David, this was always going to be a tough matchup, even without Steph Curry, even without Draymond Green, right?
0: Of course, yeah. And I think there's two ways you can look at this, Doug, and, and we can talk about both of them. I don't think either are wrong, but I'm tended to lean – towards one of these the first way is that just like you said this is almost a different level of basketball when you're playing the Warriors they're on a different plane than most teams in the NBA and certainly uh different from where the Charlotte Hornets are but I also think this just amplifies who the Hornets are you know they're not a team with several players who can create their own shots and score in multiple ways unless your name is Kimball Walker they're not a team of players who can guard multiple positions unless your name is Marvin Williams or Michael K. Gilchrist, and just not a team of players who can be trusted to take and make big shots in crunch time. That wasn't really an issue tonight because the lead was so heavy, but it's a team constructed in very specific ways with very specific parts that fit a specific role. And unless those roles play exactly how they are designed to, then the chances for success uh, you know, go down greatly. And that's, uh, you know, less and less about the pieces and, and even what's on the sideline at this point, just about how this team is, is put together. But just based on tonight, too much Warriors to start too big of a hole to climb out of for the Hornets and um, not enough offense early.
2: Kimball Walker, 8-of-21 from the field, uh, did improve his three-point shooting uh, from the game against Orlando where he was 1-of-8. He was 3-of-7 for this game, 5-of-7 from the line, 24 points, five assists, and two steals for the captain. Nick Batum also improving his offense, 6-of-12 from the field, knocked down two trays, 15 points, uh, five rebounds, four assists was a key factor uh, in that third quarter comeback played very well offensively got all, got a lot of his stats in that third quarter because every hornet uh, basically was struggling uh, in that yeah. first half and i think it shows you too david it shows you yes who the hornets are and who they aren't but it also shows you the difference in opponent because the hornets weren't able to do uh, against the Warriors, what they were able to do against the Orlando Magic a couple of nights ago. Against the Magic, they were able to get out into transition and get easy baskets, and they were able to get to the free throw line. 40 free throw attempts in that game against the Magic. In this one, they only had one free throw attempt. In the first half, and it came almost to the very end with Kimball Walker driving to the lane and getting an and one. And then, in terms yep. of transition buckets, uh, they got outscored in fast break points twenty-four to seven. So that was a big key for uh, uh, for acting head coach Stephen Silas get out in transition because it's not an area where, and we mentioned this in the pregame, it's not an area where the Golden State Warriors really defend very well. They, they defend well in the half court when they can switch, when they can use their length. And you saw that when the Hornets were, in the first half, were trying to get the ball to Dwight Howard. They block shots everywhere. The Golden State Warriors finished this game with 12 block shots, and a lot of that attributed to length. I asked Stephen Silas after the game why the Hornets were not able to get free throw attempts in the first half, uh, but they seemed to improve that in the second half. Here's what he had to say.
1: First half, we were kind of playing a little bit slow, and and uh, they forced us into a bunch of jumpers, and that's what they do as a team. They're, they're good at that. But I think uh, second half, we moved the ball a little bit. We were able to get Dwight on some seals uh, after ball movement, not, not before, and uh, we were able to get to the free throw line some. So our, our ball movement is everything, and when we're able to do it, we get those seals for Dwight or those uh, pick-and-roll plays for Kemba
2: and that was key right david because they got better looks for dwight howard in that second half uh, looks where they they could not easily double team him. They were able to trap him a few times on that right block and then uh, Dwight Howard able to pass out of those situations got Kimba open for a three late in the fourth quarter or excuse me late in the third quarter on one of those looks Uh, but uh, they were able to get Dwight Howard better looks because they increased their pace of play. Something you have to do against the Warriors. You have to score. The Hornets couldn't do it in the first half and as you said too big of a hole in the second half
1: are listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast.
2: Kemba is out. LeBron got kicked out. Wade is old. Pop is a genius.
0: Don't give up on social media, Doug. Just got to be social. Oh, that's real nice.
1: Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com.
0: Yeah, and Doug, I know you're at the game, so I don't know that you or you heard Hubie Brown, who was doing the game for ESPN, he was screaming for Dwight to get more touches basically the entire game, particularly down the stretch, and especially when the Hornets cut it to ten there in the fourth quarter. Uh, and there were several times where the Hornets did not did not uh, give him those touches, did not look at him. And you mentioned it when they did in this game, especially you know they had success, especially early on, and and not even that Dwight was scoring but he had a nice assist to MKG he had another nice kick out for a shot so he was doing that a lot during the game and you know like I said Hubie was screaming for him to get the get those touches more I thought a couple guys missed a couple of opportunities lamb there late was looking for his shot which you want him to do but Dwight did have a couple opportunities especially with guys like Bell who were on him who he was posting up and they just didn't give it to him so Maybe some missed opportunities there. Maybe they can use that to look on film and, and correct those moving forward.
2: And, David, honestly, I thought that Dwight Howard deserved a few more calls. You know, I'm not normally one to complain about referees, but I thought this game was called a little too loosely. I felt like there was plenty of contact underneath that they could have called on the Golden State Warriors. Instead, uh, those, those ended up being blocked shots or, or turnovers for the Charlotte Hornets. Dwight Howard finishes this one 4 of 10 from the field, 14 points, seven rebounds, two assists, six of seven from the free throw line. And one of our Twitter followers, let me make sure I give the right credit here. Yeah, Mitchell on Twitter pointing out that uh, he looked at Dwight's game logs, realized he's above 70% free throw shooting for the past eight games. Uh, And he wants to know, is Dwight good at free throws now, David, or is this just a phase?
0: I think it's going to end up being out where he has, is for his career. So he's gotten better. He was horrible early on. I think as we look across the end of the season, it'll, it'll be about even, <laughs> which is like 50%, right? Which is yeah, I, think I, think, I
2: think 50 is the low end. You, you want him to be around 55. And I think the ceiling is probably 60%. So he was about, you know, 40-ish percent early on. Now he's back up to 70%. So that's all going to – yeah, you're right. It's all going to equal out. So I don't think he's – any um, Better or worse, fundamentally, at free throws, I think he 's playing confidently now, I think he 's always going to shoot yep. better from the line at home. He, I think he he just really draws a lot of energy and confidence from a from a packed house here in spectrum center so so he 's shot well but he's been shooting well. As, they need him to play better on the road. I mean, that, to me, that's the bottom line. They need him to shoot from the line better on the road, shoot from the field better on the road, and just generally keep his composure and not foul and be able to play late in games so yeah. that they can be more competitive when they're away from Charlotte.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's becoming obvious he's got to be in there playing those minutes. I mean, they mentioned it on the broadcast again tonight. I may drop PB's name a few more times because he was really on Do point Do it. He's the, he's the GOAT. I know. it. I mean, he mentioned he's got to be in there playing 29, 30 minutes a night. He played 29 tonight. Um, and that's something we didn't see late-game situations um, You know, earlier in this week. So he's a main cog of this team. You know, whether that is the case long-term? like I don't know, but they've got to play their best players right now for a lot of those reasons I mentioned earlier. Just They're constructed in a way where they need to have the talent on the floor, so you'd like to see that from Dwight. Um, the guys are certainly looking for him, but uh, yeah, I think you're right, especially on the road. He's got to become a little bit more of a factor. All right,
2: David, let's talk about something that I know you're itching to talk about. Michael Carter Williams in this game, 2 of 9 from the field in 15 minutes, 4 points. He missed... Probably the most important bucket of this game. Uh, It would have taken the lead down to five, and instead uh, it keyed a Golden State Warriors run that really put this game out of reach for the Charlotte Hornets. It was a great wraparound pass from Kimball Walker. Good cut by Michael Carter-Williams. Good awareness on the cut. Uh, But then he just missed the bunny, and he missed another layup, uh, an open layup, bad earlier in the game, and, and after he missed that shot, David, he went back to the bench, towel over the head, looked despondent, looked, yep. I won't say devastated, but he definitely looked um, uh, yeah, disappointed he looked crushed. with himself. Yeah. Uh, wh- what? Where do you think his psyche is right
0: now? I mean, if, if those shots are any indication, let's not, not to mention, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at it, I mean, the three-point attempt was was way off doug Uh, you may have felt that Mm -hmm. up in near the media section when he missed that one deep and then he followed that up with another missed layup so like his head is just all over the place at this point uh not able to literally get anything to go thankfully he did get a dunk late in the game when it was out of reach you know maybe that gives him some help sleeping tonight but really struggling on offense to me you tell me if you saw something different being in the game It's even looking like he's struggling getting anything going on offense. The spacing with he and Dwight was odd all night. He's taking dribbles to nowhere. Um, Really having a difficult time getting in the flow of the offense and then converting when he's got an easy one.
2: Yeah, this feels very familiar, David. It feels very much like the Briante-Weber situation that the Hornets went through uh, last season where they needed some defensive energy uh, for this team. And so they insert... Reontae Weber into the lineup, sort of the same situation. They needed some defensive intensity. They needed some ball pressure. So they get Michael Carter-Williams into the lineup. But it's becoming harder and harder to, to defend uh, yep. having him in the game when, when he can't make these type of gimme plays. And, you know, we all know uh, what Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon, you know, we know their weaknesses. But at the same time, David, uh, this team needs offense. The offense is struggling right now. This, uh, Silas said after the game, like this game is a tough indicator of where they are offensively. Tough to take a lot of things from this game because you're playing a team with, you know, just so so much length, so much athleticism, yeah. a lot of defensive. Uh, um, they're very principled defensively. So this is a tough one to take things offensively. But they didn't they didn't shoot the ball well against Orlando yeah. either. So right. it, it's becoming harder to justify not having Monk out on the floor. I think.
0: And you saw a couple of times uh, the the ball would swing around to a wide up and Michael Carter Williams, and thank goodness he didn't shoot. But if, if someone else is in there, maybe that shot uh, is one that's taken, you know, so you're right. It's tough to watch and it's tough to defend that play right now. And he's signed to be the backup point guard. We could discuss the, uh, the merits of that anytime, but right now they've got to shake something up. I mean, there were some odd, Lineups in my eyes tonight, Doug, uh, especially in that third and fourth quarter, it worked to some degree because I thought the defense was a little better with Graham in there and kind of keyed that run a bit. But man, they got to find somebody else to knock down some shots. Do you mean, and, and we were worried about that coming out of the, the uh, Orlando game. Seventeen percent for three in that game, and uh, it just has not gotten any better with the current personnel.
2: Well, David, some of those odd lineups were by necessity. It really had nothing to do with Silas or his subbing. It had to do with the fact that you had Frank Kaminsky uh, go down and this one with uh, rolling his ankle. It was a a right ankle sprain, uh, the team says. And then Cody Zeller goes down with a left knee strain, was still able to get a dunk. I mean, talk about playing, yeah. playing through pain was limping, but because of the injury, he, he got a little cherry-picked dunk off of that but had to immediately go back into the locker room. Again, the team's saying that's a, a knee strain. No updates immediately after the game. We'll probably have to wait until tomorrow to get updates on the status of Frank Kaminsky and Cody Zeller. You know, listen, the Hornets dealt with injuries from the guard position, and I guess now it's the big's turn. Uh, But if both of those guys are missing, then suddenly you're you're going to have to give more minutes to Johnny O'Brien, to Trevion Graham, who let let me just give props to Graham real quick, played some of the best defense in this game. I I thought he was uh, extremely key uh, to what they were able to do in that third quarter because he was smothering, uh, uh, um, uh, he was smothering Clay Thompson. On some of his off-ball movement, getting around those screens and getting a hand up in the air to bother some of those Thompson shots. I asked uh, Silas after the game about what Travion gave them in that third quarter. Here's what he said:
1: He was able to guard Durant a little bit and Clay Thompson some and Iguodala some. I mean, he was guarding a little bit of everybody and tried his tried his heart out. And the thing about Trey is he always stays ready, always stays in his routine, and he is. Just a great worker and, and uh, super smart, super smart. And he's going to give his all. And he's also not a mistake maker, which is something that's uh, needed off the bench.
2: So Klay Thompson, 9 of 14 from the field, 4 of 7 from beyond the arc. But I think without Trevion's I mean, he was plus 11 in this game. He was one of the, one of the only Hornets. Let's see, uh, Trevion and then Zeller. And a monk who only played four minutes was zero, but uh yeah. but Trevion Graham and Zeller the only positive plus minuses in this game. And
0: hit a three, you know, hit an open three when 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 the ball came to him. So.
2: Listen, that you, you can't take any open three that the Hornets make for granted at this point. <laughs> I just, (laughs) you gotta, it doesn't matter when it occurs, garbage time, non garbage time, before the game. (laughs) The the practice jumpers, just take them all. I wanna know about every single one of them. This is Locked On Hornets. And would would, would I have liked to see a few more shards? (laughs) Shards? No, I would not
0: have liked. (laughs) That's
1: Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: You know, I think if we're looking for silver linings, Doug, Nick Batum got hot a little bit late and and keyed that run as well. He saw the ball go through some, which is something he certainly needed to do. You hope he continues to kind of get his legs under him. Maybe that uh, missing those 12 games is, is still lingering with him a bit. Um and, and you know Graham's definitely going to see some more minutes here. If 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 Kaminsky and or Zeller are out, you're going to have to feel like he's going to be in the mix. They're going to have to try some things on the, on the on the second unit because with the starters healthy, that that unit is locked in. But man, I mean, what was the difference between the bench of the Warriors and the Hornets tonight? It's like thirty six to twenty one, I think, at points scored. So that second unit for the Warriors was tough. Uh, Nick Young and, and several other guys were out there drilling threes and just adding to the to the misery of the hornets.
2: David in, in a season I think that has been defined by missed opportunities, I think we can file this one as a missed opportunity as well. You're playing a team in in Golden State that I think if if this were last season, if this were pre the Adam Silver declaration that teams can't, you know, rest all of their starters on national television. I think if this mm. were last season Kevin Durant would not have played this game. I'm not sure. Clay Thompson would have played this game. You, we might have seen an entire, entirely different uh, Golden State Warriors team because they were missing Steph Curry and and Draymond Rest. He, I, I think. Uh, they, they said he was out with shoulder soreness. Um, sure. you know, maybe maybe sure. he could have played. Maybe he couldn't. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like this was a missed opportunity for the Hornets to come out like they did, you know, slow on offense, slow out of the game, missing open shots. They had a chance to take down a, a big time team on national television on this homestand. And now they have to regroup you you've got injuries now to deal with and frank and, and that's the thing you have to get the wins when they're presented to you because you never know when that injury is going to happen now they may be facing the prospect of not having uh, two of their bench bigs heading in to an absolutely critical uh, home back to back against Chicago and the Los Angeles Lakers
0: yeah and especially frank who has come on a little bit more with his consistency and more consistent yeah Yeah, zero points tonight. Of course, you mentioned he got hurt, so that's going to be tough. They're going to have to figure that out. You know, it's the Warriors. I don't think any of us expected it, but you're right. The opportunity was there, and I think the disappointing part is that starting quarter, is the opening play that, you know, the Warriors, as you mentioned this morning, very good defensive team, isn't talked about enough, but that wasn't all the Warriors. I mean, those struggles were, were some of the Hornets' issues as well, just not hitting shots and taking too long to get going. That's what killed them.
2: All right. Well, final score on this one, 101-87. Uh, Warriors over the Hornets. Hornets falling to 9-14. and 14. Again, their next game will be against the Chicago Bulls. They will look to enact some revenge for a road loss earlier in the season to Chicago, another one that they absolutely let get away. So they've got to start turning missed opportunities into winning opportunities, and it starts on Friday against Chicago. And then uh, Star Wars night get the Frank Kaminsky ball hey. on Saturday as the Hornets host go. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and possibly LeVar Ball. Maybe he'll be here. Who knows? <laughs> so stay tuned here on Locked on Hornets. We're going to be back uh, tomorrow on uh, Fun Friday. Hashtag Fun Friday should be a good show. Maybe Steve Bob shows up, probably shows up late. That's uh, That's his MO. That's how he rolls. We love him. Uh, but we're, we're going to be here covering all of the action. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnHornets. On Instagram, David, you're doing a fantastic job on Instagram. Let me tell you.
0: Come say hey to us on Instagram. It's fun. It's
2: great. We're going to have giveaways coming up. Uh, you probably hear about that tomorrow, So, yes. uh, or actually later today on Thursday. You're going to, you're going to hear about some giveaways, so uh, stay tuned to Twitter, Instagram. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to us here on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked on Hornets. We're taking you closer to the team than ever before. It's been a, you know, despite despite the record, despite the missed opportunities, despite some of the shooting, it's been a fun season, I think. So Is it over? It's still going. It's <laughs> we, no, we got plenty of games. Okay. Plenty of time okay. for this Hornets team to turn things around. Second
0: but half they, team, baby.
2: That's right. Well, it's gonna be it's yeah, it's a second half schedule, that's for sure. So there are going yep. to be plenty of opportunities for the Hornets to, to get healthy and, and get this thing back in the right direction. And,
0: and get well Steve Clifford, uh, as we should say, getting healthy.
2: Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, I, I added an update to the last podcast, but Steve Clifford, if you haven't heard, out indefinitely uh, to take care of his health. No, no timetable for his return. Uh, Steven Silas will be, in the, uh, will be the acting head coach in the interim, and uh, we will keep you updated as that situation progresses. Um, but absolutely, well wishes to uh, Steve Clifford on a speedy recovery. All right, for David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.